So uh, I'll go ahead and apologize for the yawning. Oh boy. For the noises because Jimmy just woke up and I just got up not too long ago. I haven't run today. I'm tired, but I'm not as tired as Jimmy. Well, I just, I literally like, I think I woke up when you called. That's what woke me up. (laughs) So, no, I I woke up and I looked at my watch and my watch is never right. My $5,000 Rolex is never right. It's always like five minutes slower, five minutes fast. (laughs) Wait, back up, back up. You can't just say Rolex. You can't just say watch. You have to say $5,000 Rolex. <laughs> no, because I know somebody's going to say it. Because, it, But by the way, I never, I don't know if I told the story, but I never paid for this watch. It was given to me as a gift. So that's why I've had a Rolex for 25 years. But anyway, it's never right. But it doesn't work. It's never right. It's always five minutes fast or slow. It's I could never tell. Some weeks it's fast, some weeks it's slow. And anyway, it was exactly 9 o'clock when I looked at it. And I snapped out of bed. And I was like, then I looked at my phone. When I found my phone, it took a few minutes, and I still had three minutes. And so I got myself together, and I got in front of the computer, and then you called. So, so um, I'm glad you made it. Thank you. Why would you wear a watch that is never right? Oh, because <laughs> it looks cool. I mean, why not? <laughs> you guys are both staring at me. Okay. <laughs> no, because huh. it's become my uh, YouTube identity. No, it's it's always vaguely right, and that's I'm always like vaguely on time. Like so, so I'm always like, so it's fine. I you, whenever we have a get together, and there's been a handful of them, there uh, there'll be like thirty, forty fe- people around, and then we'll say, okay, let's meet tomorrow morning at seven, and that's that's the end of the conversation. And then I go back to the hotel, and I'm usually like. Did Jimmy get that? Does does Jimmy know? Like we were very distracted, but Jimmy always is right there. You're always on time when whenever we do the events. <laughs> That's funny. Does Jimmy know? Now I'm all, I, I I'm a, I'm a stickler for being on time, and I think in in I. <laughs> Okay, well, let me step in right there. If you're a stickler for being on time, you might want to get a watch that works. No, well, because I really rely on my my iPhone. You know, like like the rest of the world now. Yeah. My iPhone rings forty times a day, and every time it rings, I'm like, "Uh oh, I'm forgetting something." Yeah, it's funny because I always I could set my alarm. I can't really set my calendar, so I've been Still. setting my I set my alarm to do stuff, and it rings, and then I have to think to myself, "Okay, why did my alarm go off? I know I'm supposed to do something <laughs> in a hour, in a half hour from now." It's always a half hour. I'm like, I have a half hour to figure out why my alarm just rang. <laughs> that's like, that's amazing. <laughs> But lately, you should take a screenshot of your idea and then email it to yourself. And so every time you get an alarm, you just need to go check your email to see what it was you were supposed to be doing. Wow. That's a really there good go. idea. Wow. Using your systems. Yeah. Yeah. No, lately, a lot, I've been having a lot of Zoom calls because of, uh, you know, this TV stuff. And everybody sets the Zoom up and they email you. And then lately, I click on the yes, I'll attend thing. And that puts it in your calendar for you. You don't have to do it. And then it works. Yeah. It actually works. It does remind you. So that's been working. So, Do you ever do the, like, tell Siri to remind you to do things at a certain time? She's like, and then she, yeah, Siri usually says to me, okay, if I remember, I'll do that for you. That's usually what Siri says back to me. <laughs> She's like, eh, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. She's like, yeah, you know what? If I think of it, I'll tell you. No, I, I do try to remember. I, I Usually I'm too embarrassed. I'll be like in the store and I remember something. So I just sharpie it on my palm because I don't want to like pull my phone out in front of people online going, hey, mm-hmm. Siri, remind me to uh, do something. Oh, Siri just came up. Thanks, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm here for you. What do you want? Cool. Well, <laughs> in the entire history of the podcast, what, what are we, 200 and some episodes? Where are we at? This is 275. 275. We're, 100, it's, we're 175. I'm sorry. It's, you got it wrong. <laughs> This is the first one Jimmy has not worn a hat. Oh my god, I forgot my huh. hat. Oh my god, I left it in my bed. <gasps> you left you left, wait, you left it where? Do you in bed. You sleep with your hat on? <laughs> oh no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's usually like hanging over there by my nightstand somewhere. I'm looking around my table, I don't have a hat over here. It's probably also the first one where he doesn't have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Which we tried to get him to go get coffee beforehand, but he wouldn't do it. So. No, it takes too long. We'll just see how it goes. Ooh. Well, 
<laughs> David, what have you been up to? Great. <laughs> Uh, should I should I talk over the noises or should I wait? I don't know. ASMR. Uh, well, we just put out the video for the Bluetooth speaker, and that came out really good. Which looked looked. I haven't watched the video, but the speaker itself looked awesome. Yeah, I love Thank the, you. The, the beautiful design. Thank you. It it was one of those things where we were at the end of the project, and I was not feeling it. It was. It, it just felt no good like i use the um glowforge sells the the veneers that are pre-finished and i thought hey i'll just use some of that and i'll cut out a design on the laser and i'll throw it on there and that pre-finished walnut and the pre-finished maple it just looks horrible it's got like a layer of lacquer on there and um i just i just wasn't feeling the project and and then dan went home and then later on that night i kind of worked on it i there were the veneer was thick enough where I could sand off the finish, and then I added a handle and uh, an emblem on the front, and it totally changed the whole look of everything after I put the emblem oil on looks there. Great. Thank you. And uh, and now I'm like super super happy with the project. And it was just the whole time we were filming, I was just like, this is is this even going to be a good video and then the video is perfectly fine I, it's it's a i think it was one of my better edits and and uh i don't know i i've been having a lot of issues where i i don't feel like the video is going to be good enough but by the time i'm done editing and everything i'm like what was i worried about that was perfectly fine and uh so but yeah i cut out the the emblem it's uh it's like a different version of my logo make something on two layers of acrylic glued on top of each other. So it kind of looks like an old Fender amp logo in a way that was the inspiration. And it just looks really cool. And I was like, I need to do this technique a little bit more. So all the all the yeah. logos on all my tools are coming off and, and that new laser cut version is going to go on them. It really looks hmm. nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I like I'm how it's all stuck to together. The, the video. And so the, then... The, the, yep very dainty all the type is all magnet stuck together like it oh yeah it was um it was a it was a it, it was a trick because you when you it's a script font basically and you need to make sure all the letters are touching so when it cuts out it's all in one piece and then i wanted the um what is it called when the first letter of the word is actually bigger than the rest of the word um not just capitalized, but actually just uh, bigger. Oh, I didn't know that had a word. It does. I, I can't think of what it is. But anyway, when you, you if in Illustrator you just make that letter bigger, then all of a sudden the weight of that letter is also bigger. So then you have to mm-hmm. make the weight of the rest of the word match the, the bigger one. And so there was a little bit of manipulation. And I don't know. I, mean, I should do... I think I would feel better if I did some Illustrator tutorials and I could fill the gap in between videos and stuff so that's a possibility yeah a lot of people have been reacting Hmm. to my uh, illustrator snippets that i either show on instagram or sometimes like uh the i did the beer cozy video and i showed a few minutes of how i came to the design and it's funny i i took i googled men working signs and i took the most generic men working sign and a lot of people like aren't you going to get in trouble for stealing that Stealing that copyrighted image, like I really—it's not. I'm not. It's not like I took somebody's beer logo and made it my own. It's just a generic men working sign. So it's funny. It's and no then, big deal. Um, this week we made a the video. I don't know when the video is going to come out. We made a a picture frame clamping jig, so it puts pressure on all the corners when you put a clamp in the middle, and. Um, I've been using masking tape for my picture frames for years. I, I've needed this jig for a long time, and it worked. Came out great. Works good. Don't know why I waited so long. So that will be the next video. I've I found something recently. So I've had those corner clamps. Um, you know, with like you have two screw in pieces from this, you know, perpendicular sides, and it holds the pieces in a corner. I've had those for years, and I've used them a million times, and they work pretty well. Um, they're a little tedious to get on because you have to hold the pieces in place like with your thumb over where they touch and then you have to tighten the two things evenly so that one doesn't push the other one out of the place, whatever. 
And the other day I was on Amazon getting something else and I saw this uh, basically like a spring-loaded version of the same thing, which I'd never seen before. And I ended up ordering a set of them because they're really inexpensive, but I just wanted to kind of try them out and see how they would compare because it's a, a single point that you push on in the corner and it spreads the, the the two channels so you can set the pieces in place. And then when you let off the pressure, that spring pulls them into the corner, pulls the pieces into 90 and the thing that was actually the most interesting about them was that the piece that goes in the corner, the one that retracts back, you know, and, and holds the pieces in, is actually, it's a 90 degree piece, but it has a dovetail on the back of it. And the piece it fits in, the spring-loaded part, has the mating dovetail piece. So I believe you could just slide that piece out and then 3D print an alternate angle and slide it back in. So as oh, long as you have a matching yeah. dovetail, you could add a different thing in there. So I, they came in, but I haven't actually gotten to try them yet. Um, you know, they're plastic, they're spring-loaded. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they could fall apart or they could not have enough pressure to actually do the thing that you want to do. But I thought it was kind of an interesting hmm. version of, you know, something I've already got. So I thought I would try it. And I, I think it was, I don't know, 18 or 19 bucks for four of them. So it's not an expensive way. That's way cheaper than buying four corner clamps, you know, and, was it from a known may, brand? Not use very often. Um, no, it wasn't. I I looked at once I saw them on Amazon. I ended up looking around for a bunch of to see if there was like a a brand that I recognized who made something similar, and there wasn't. But there were a million brands that all looked identical, like the same markings on the oh you know, yeah the injection pieces and stuff. So I'm pretty sure they just there's one person that makes them and then they get rebranded. So anyway. I'll try those things out and see if they work. But. And one more bit of news. I got the first draft of the book back, and that it looks good. This was another one of those things where I'm like, while I'm doing it, I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's good enough. I don't think these projects are good enough. And I sent out all the projects to the publisher, and then they had a photographer do all the beauty shots. And it came back, and I, and I just saw the, the first draft of the layout. And I was like, this book's going to be perfectly fine. It's going to be a good book. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, I'm excited about the book, but I'm mostly excited about it being just completely done and all that weight removed from my head. So how has that been with the sending the projects out and having somebody else photograph them? Sounds pretty awesome to me yes. because I know that somebody else would do better, but you do photography. I do. So how does that feel to you to have somebody else take that part of the process on? I think I'm totally okay with it. And it's it's a weird thing because i i do i've i've always loved photography but um they the photographer has i don't know if it's um if it's in her house or if she has a studio set up uh but they're all like in their environment so it looks like it's in a kitchen or it looks like it's, this particular thing is in a bedroom so uh, i i enjoy the photography i don't enjoy creating the scenes that much so having somebody else do that and having somebody else kind of interpret what, where the project should be in, in the environment is, is kind of cool. So I'm totally happy with it and it looks fantastic. And this person did a better job than I ever could have. So Cool. Well, that's awesome. Jimmy, what have you been up to? You awake? Oh, yeah. Um, what am I doing? <laughs> So I'm part of the guitar build-off. The guys at Crimson Guitars asked me months ago if I'd do it, and I said, sure. And then I immediately started getting these, these trailer jobs. So the video has to be done Friday, which is three days from now. And I'm, I'm pretty far through the build, my concept. I'm basically mimicking the... Do you ever see... I took a, a Les Paul-style guitar from them. They give you the kit, and then you make a guitar, and then they're going to be auctioned off for charity. The... The Les Paul style. So today is this will publish Friday. The video should be out today, hopefully. And uh, the Les Paul, the black Les Paul, usually it's usually like the sunburst Les Paul, which has like the beautiful sunburst pattern and the book match tiger stripes, or a black one, which has a black face with a white edge. It's sort of a classic style. It's either the black or the sunburst. So I'm doing a black one. And I burnt it. I charred it. I charred the whole face of the guitar with a torch. 
and then I'm doing a steel edge. And to, so I'm mimicking the, the steel edge is going to be like a high polished steel edge. So I have like a chrome edge and all the, the hardware is chrome against black. So it'll look pretty cool. It's going to be all textured. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to get mad at me because I burnt the face of the guitar. But yeah, <laughs> you do. sometimes we sleep late. It's the way it is. And uh, I think I think it's going to look good. I, I've been wanting to do a charred guitar. It's kind of like a 90s style, but... Considering I had three days to make a guitar that I should have made four months ago. It look good. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. That's I cool. have all the guitars I've ever built in my life. I've never actually built one with not also taking it apart from some other guitar. So I have no idea how to wire it. I have to Google and look up how to wire. It's just literally, there's like, a, there's like a two 12-inch pieces of wire, two... Uh, pots to pickups, a switch, and a plug. And I have no idea how to put it together, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. Yeah. You, shouldn't, you shouldn't have any trouble with it. Have you ever... I mean, you just said that you'd made a bunch of guitars out of other guitars, but do you have any interest in making a guitar from scratch? And have you ever made a guitar for yourself? Because I know you've made them for a bunch of other people. Uh, yeah, I have but. a couple. I'm looking in my room. I have about two hanging in here that I've made that I always liked. Hmm. I never like I got hooked on making on playing guitar when I was like twenty one two three four and then I just like gave up I was just like I'm never gonna be a rock star forget it and so I just never really practiced after like I turned thirty but I played I could pick it up now and like strum a you know a blues riff or whatever but I I don't know I, I I've gotten to the point where like making guitars to me is almost annoying it's like <laughs> I hate to say that but hmm. you know like. I guess it's really kind of the residue of the last the last two guitars I made were for the buddy of mine that I made guitar for like in 1990. I remember it was right after I got out of school that I made a guitar for him. I think I might have still been, anyway, it was 33 years ago I made guitars for him. I made two guitars for him and then just recently I made two more with like this metal stuff and that's why I'm still on the metal, metal edge kick. But I don't know, it was just... You know what I? You know what I really don't like. I don't like making something for somebody else's vision. I realized it. Uh, hmm, yeah. You know, and like the whole every single it's do whatever you want, but let me see it. Do whatever you want, but let me see it. It's like, oh, you made the decision. Can that decision be this? Okay, so, <laughs> oh yeah, but do whatever you want, but let me see it. And then I did it. Like, oh, that looks cool. And what about this? And that kind of turned me off to like the whole thing of guitar. So like, if I ever make another guitar for anybody, it'll be because. I made it, and then they walked into my studio and wanted it. You know, I, I, I real like the whole time I was working with. Him, he's a friend, and I don't want to say anything bad about him, but it's just there's that whole politeness of like, oh no, I really like it. It's great. How about if we, you know? And it's like he he's not being honest with me because he has a very very specific view of what he wants, and I'm experimenting, trying to be the free and easy artist, but. You know, it, it it's almost never matches exactly because if someone's paying you to do something, they wanna they want it the way they want it, even though they're telling you, "Oh, I want you to do what you want." You're the artist. The best way to handle that, and I feel like at my age and my maturity level and my uh, point in my career is, I'll make something, and you can come and decide whether you want it or not. But the, yeah, as far as commissions go, unless it's just a shell for advertising, which is obviously easy to do, when it's an artistic piece where it's I learned on this last couple of jobs. I'm not going to do it. I'm really just going to pass, you know, uh, unless it's some very special circumstances. But the idea of expressing yourself through somebody else's want is just very difficult. See, I don't, that's interesting to hear. I don't really think of myself as an artist in any way, but I do enjoy making a thing to my own specifications, like to the thing that's interesting to me. And so yeah. even making commissioned like furniture and stuff for people even you're talking about like a shelf even something that's very utilitarian i really am just not interested because if it's not something that's like ha has a very specific purpose or like there's a good that can come out of that thing existing it's really hard for me to be motivated if it's not my idea to do it mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean i won't do things for people but yeah like um it just I, I don't know a lot of people who make videos will also make custom pieces for people or and they'll make a video out of it and i do that on very rare occasion when it's like a family member or somebody i know needs something but 
it's just it's never been something I've been terribly interested in pursuing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been a balance because obviously I, I make things yeah. for a living. So when I'm not doing YouTube or anything, I'm actually physically making stuff to sell to people. But like I said, that's usually more utilitarian stuff. But when it comes to just free artistry and just oh, you know, what's your vision versus my vision? I'm paying, so even though your vision is free and easy, I still have a final say. And it's just it's stressful because you do something, you think it looks really cool, and then like you do it. This is like the if there was a chart like you do it you're like oh my god this is so cool i really love it and then you're like then two minutes later you realize it's not for me and then like slowly it starts to go stale and then you gotta email the picture and you gotta and you gotta hit send and then hit send your heart races a little bit because you like basically send in a naked picture of yourself and then and then you wait and then you know, then you come back and like i really love it and then there's like a doctor can we do that same thing but you know do it this way and then you're like <sighs> okay. <laughs> Forgot it's not mine. You know, so again, that's really, that's just been my experience with this last couple of guitars that I made. And then this one is, it's a little bit of a relief, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little mixed feelings. It's funny when you're, you describe that process right there of like sending a thing out and waiting for the response and then dealing with the response and how I got that feeling but i <laughs> remember listening. that feeling just listening to it but i remember that feeling from doing web development yeah because owning yes. my own company <laughs> and like here's a design here's a bunch of like work i put into coding a thing to do a certain thing it's not just like you pick the blocks that you want you put them in a box it's i have to think through processes and write code that's you know that works in order and stuff to make this thing happen and you're like okay got it and then that whole scenario that you just laid out happens where you send it off and then you get the feedback and you're just like, oh, I got to do this again. I got to sure change I understand. it. Oh, sorry. Hey, Cindy, apparently, off. apparently uh, she thinks her name is Scenario. <laughs> That's what it's scenario. But yeah, it's funny because like I, I apply that same thing that you're talking about with a different history. Yeah, I yeah. Just same here. Made different things in the past. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's service work in general. You know, I know like some of the guys that that uh, I talk to on an ongoing basis, make stuff for certain people and they get very stressed out about it. And I'm like, this is, this is like the life of like a tightrope walker, you know, occasionally you're going to, you know, occasionally you might fall. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's this crazy, silly comparison, but the idea of always making something for somebody else is to please somebody else. It's never going to always be a hundred percent of a hundred percent of the time. You know, and it's, I, I, I've, Mike, my, my friend who works in my shop, who's a tile guy, he said it's the, he stopped doing tile work because he said it was the most sinking feeling when he would do something and somebody would come in and they wouldn't like it. Mm. And he said it got to a point where before he stopped doing the, the work because it was just too stressful. He said, I just basically sold myself as a mechanic. I am the guy that can install anything. You go to the tile store and you pick it. So that when they went to the store and picked the color and picked the thing, and then he's like, okay, you, you decided what you want, you order it, and I'll go pick it up. And then he goes and picks it up, and then he does the room, and then the mother, the woman comes in and goes, this, this isn't what I picked. And he goes, I, I never even went to the store, so I can't be anything having to do with me. So I don't know. You know, you have to be happy with your decision because I wasn't part of it. And he said, even that didn't help. <laughs> you know, dealing with finicky homeowners who, be like, oh, I'm not sure I like this color. And he's like, hey, I had nothing to do with that. So I did my work. So I am free and I am completely guilt free of this decision because I had nothing to do with it. I put it in exactly how it's supposed to be put in. You don't like it because you chose the wrong color. It's not on me. Right. You know, so. Hmm. And tile is a lot of work too. That would, <laughs> that would not feel good to be like, Ugh. yeah. Um, so sponsored stuff can be like that. It, it I've had a few things like that in the past where, you know, the sponsor will say, whatever you think is best for your audience. They give you that. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, like, we're, we appreciate we how you interact you. with your audience. We're <laughs> just going to step voice. out of it. Yeah. Yeah, your voice. But then they'll come back in, you know, you give them the first cut of something, which is just like more of a make sure that there's nothing in here that just makes you sad or makes you like scared <laughs> or something, you know. Check out all the and, sad stuff and we'll be happy. <laughs> And like, it's like you give them this thing. It's more of a, as a courtesy because yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And they come back and they go, well, <laughs> and I've had a few things like that. But the majority of the sponsor stuff that we deal with, I intentionally try to like 
get sponsors that have nothing to do with the content at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Squarespaces and stuff like that, where there's just no matchup, so that they they can't be like, well, that's not how we would have used our product in the project that you're doing, or that's not how we would have made the association. You know, like it's not associated intentionally. They're different, so that you cannot have an opinion about the part that I have an opinion about. These are just two things that are valuable that coexist within the same video. Um, I've seen a lot of people will have, you know, tool sponsors a lot of times or uh, something like that where it, it has a lot to do with, it influences the actual production of the thing rather mm-hmm. than being like on the coattails of the project. Mm-hmm. And I found for us that that doesn't work because I don't want that stress. I don't want that like, I have a vision, I'm putting in all this work, we're making this video, the thing is already made, the video is like 99% done, and then somebody has an opinion about it? No, thank you. Yep. <laughs> That's not the job that I want to have anymore. Yep. But So, word of warning, if anybody out there is getting sponsors for your videos, be aware that they, you know, if they can, they will have an opinion, and you need to kind of set the situation up so that that won't happen to you, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else before I talk about what Oh, uh, no, that's it. Um, I got good after the show news. Like really, I got a really good I told you so after. I'll tell you after. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the after show, let me go ahead and thank our Patreon supporters just in the middle of the show, just to catch people off guard. Um, everybody who's a patron of this podcast gets the after show, which is a separate little podcast feed um, of usually 15 or 20 minutes more after the show. Jimmy always talks about his secret uh, baseball games and <laughs> stuff and <laughs> uh, we usually talk about secret things or things that are coming up so if you want to get that then uh, go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out big thanks to our top supporters over there Albers Woodworks Corey Ward Works by Solo Chad from Mancrafting You Can Make This Too Maker and Training Funkist Artistic Creations Rich at Low End Design and Odin Leather Goods and Blondie Hacks mm. the re- it right here is because I wanted to talk about Quinn from Blondie Hacks. Mm. See how good I am at these like segue things? Beautiful. Anyway, uh, if you're interested in the Patreon thing, go help us out. We would appreciate it. You're muted, David. <laughs> I thought Dave was giving us hand signals. <laughs> it's like you don't even have to bring the segue thing up. You could just flow into it and then we would all just appreciate yeah. the beauty of, I, of what you just did. I'm not sure that they people would have appreciated it. I would really wanted to point it out. <laughs> anyway, the the point was, I wanted to thank our Patreon supporters, but also I wanted to talk about um, one of Quinn's videos. Quinn does, uh, she's been a patron for a really long time at this top tier, and we're grateful for her. She does um, machining videos, and she has many times sent us one of her videos that says, hey, this applies to a thing you guys were just talking about on the show, and they always do. Well, last week she sent one that was about a new video about a DRO that she just put out. Mm-hmm. And since I've been talking mm-hmm. about DRO, I watched it and it was really good and it answered some questions I had. So that was awesome. Thank you. Uh, if you're interested in machining at all, you should definitely go watch her stuff. It's very uh, well-spoken and thoughtful and thorough and um, mill stuff, lathe stuff, all sorts of stuff. So go check her out. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Quinn. Speaking of, yesterday... I got two of the three axes on my bridge port. Yep. Finally, for the DRO, and they work. So that was really cool. The remember I told you I broke one of the scales, and so I sent it off to the company. They sent me back the correct ones. I ended up having to rebuy the one that I broke, which I makes sense because I broke it. But anyway, those came in the other day, and so I started working yesterday and got two of them put on and with after watching her video and getting some more help from the company uh, that I bought them from I had a better understanding of how to get the two pieces aligned that need to move against each other because if they're not perfectly in line then they'll bind and break stuff like that so um, it was pretty cool like yesterday I spent maybe an hour and a half or something and got two of them in place got the, the display mounted and it was working. So they, I only have one left to do. And it's a little bit more difficult. It's the why. And just getting the placement of the brackets to hold everything. Like, there's not a great obvious place to attach the brackets. So I have to just kind of spend a little more time figuring out where to put it all. But 
the mechanics of it are exactly the same as the other two. It's drilling and tapping holes, mounting these two things, making sure that they're parallel, and that's it. So I'm really close to having that like fully functional, and that's pretty awesome because it's been a really long time, I think since March, that I've had those and have not taken advantage of the mill, not solely because the DRO wasn't on there, but that's been a big part of it. Like it's just a there's a there's a comfort level there that I think I'll have once that's in place. So anyway, I'm really excited to finally have that closer, almost done. Um, but also over the last several days, so I think on Friday maybe, we finished up um, the video for next week. We're not going to have a video this week. I decided to take the week off because rather than trying to scramble and get something done like quick, it's just like I'm I'm – trying to put that thing in place that I've been talking about, about not stressing out over the schedule, you know? So rather than trying to force one in, I'm just, we're going to take this week off. So at the end of last week, we finished up the project. And then we started talking about another potential project that I don't want to give away yet that was going to go right here next to my desk. And it's kind of a big thing. And (laughs) it turned into like, here's an idea that could be kind of cool over the course of maybe 15 or 20 minutes to, hey, we should move everything in the entire office and the hallway and reorganize the entire everything. And so like this big long work table that I had in here with the stainless steel top, we ended up cutting that in half and rebuilding the table. And then all the printers that were underneath it are now moved out in the hallway and all the stuff that was there is now moved to a different place. And like we flip-flopped tons of stuff. And so um, the stormtrooper that was standing right here next to my desk is now out in the hallway and we moved our shipping station from one place to another. I don't see guys, R2-D2. Like, he's, he's over here against the wall. Oh, okay. He's Yeah, he's uh, got a little garage kind of now. But also, if you look over here, which people listening can't see this, we started building um, like holders for things. Mm. So rather than using shelves, we're starting to build paneling to go on the walls with all sorts of inserts to make little shelves and stuff. So all the camera gear and all the batteries are now coming off of shelves and hanging on the walls and these hangers that are especially especially made for them. And so it frees up all the space. So basically, we just had this impromptu reorganization of all of the office stuff, not the shop, but just like all of the, you know, the office stuff. And it's been really good. It's been... Uh, mostly Josh and Anthony doing the work. Like it's Anthony's doing all the, all the camera gear. He's, you know, making the holders to fit the things. Josh reorganized all the printer stuff. And it's been kind of cool to not do much of it myself, but to see it improve around me. Just, you know, it's kind of cool. It's like a team effort. I say team, even though I haven't really done that much, but uh, I don't know. It's nice to like, refresh every once in a while and just spending a couple of days thinking about how we could make the space better and less cluttered that we're in all the time. Um, and then just, you know, a couple of days worth of work and it's like a lot bigger in this room. The stuff is more organized. And so that's been kind of cool. And with, I don't know, the, I've talked many times about the pressure of the the schedule and the pressure of having employees. And like, if I'm not doing something, then they don't necessarily have as much to do. Like, especially, you know, somebody who's running a camera is waiting on me to do something worth running a camera toward. And so if I'm not doing that, then I feel like they're less occupied, which is not great for your own motivation if you have a job and you don't have anything to do. So that's a concern of mine. Yeah, it's stressful having Um, people around and there's nothing to do. Or nothing to yeah. give them to do. It's it's heavy. But the the weird thing about that, and I've talked about this at length, is that that makes my time stressful and their time stressful. So, you know, my productivity is like this downstream thing. Anyway, so the last few days have been really cool because they've had personal things that they can do to make their space, their jobs better, you know, more productive, more comfortable. And that has immediately freed me up to work on the DRO and to work on R2-D2's feet and things that are not necessarily directly in line with video creation. And it just feels really good. Like, I just, I still think that's 
something I have to figure out how to have more of those moments throughout a month to where like yeah. we have we all have the freedom and the lack of pressure. Aaron could attest to this that when I do a big gig, like when I finish something big, whether it's a published video or, you know, a client job that's been stressing me out, I literally just tinker on something that's nonsense. Like yesterday, yeah. I felt like I felt like I got a head on the guitar. So yesterday morning I took time and made this vice stand or I assembled it. it. Took like three or four hours out of everything else I needed to do. But the I, I had a blacksmith the part for the guitar and I wanted to wait till it was dusk. So I had the day to dilly dally and I made that vice stand. So that was the point. But I look for those moments where I can just you know, it's it's like when Monty Python says now for something completely different. I need that moment. And I always hear that in my head. I, I see the Monty Python guys going, now for something completely different. And then I'll just do something that isn't paid, isn't isn't for a client, isn't for a video. And those moments are really good tinker learning moments. I think it's important to do them. Yeah, I think building, figuring out how to build that into maybe not the weekly schedule, but like the monthly pace of things to have some moments like that where you intentionally don't have to feel productive that's something I really want to figure out more. And I know I have maybe a different predisposition to trying to be productive than a lot of people. I feel like maybe I overdo that a lot. Um, and so I think the counter to that is just me trying to figure out how to build in time where I don't have to feel that, you know, where I can just be and I can just enjoy, like you're saying, just tinkering with something or putting a little work into a, a project that's going to take a long time. You still got to make progress on it, but it's not really measurable you know it's not obvious you're not building a moving part it's just like with the r2d2 i'm at a point now where i'm i'm tig welding the feet and so it's a lot of like because i'm such a novice at at it it's a lot of uh weld a little spot and then wait for it to cool down so that i don't melt the whole thing (laughs) and like you know, do a little bit and then like back off. Okay, Bob, just don't touch it. And it's like mm. me and models growing up was like, oh, now I can just glue all the pieces on at the same time. That's not how that works. You have to do a small piece and then back off. And so me and welding now are trying to do that. But it's still, it's work that has to be done, carried out over, you know, a long period of time. You just do a little bit here and there. And so um, I'm trying to find those spots to, to put that work in. Speaking of welding, the TIG welding has been, uh, I know I've talked about it, I've been progressing through it. It's been really interesting to uh, experiment, like, only experiment. So I jumped right in, tried to do TIG aluminum. It was pretty disastrous, but it worked, I guess. It's super ugly. And so the next time I came back to do the second of three feet for R2D2, it was like, well, let's be a little more measured this time. Let's practice the thing that's going to happen on some scrap rather than just like general practice. Like I have this type of joint. So let me mimic that joint in scrap, practice that joint there, figure out the kind of stuff that I need to do and then move to the actual pieces. That's worked a lot better, but I'm still having a lot of trouble just getting that initial puddle in the aluminum without getting it too hot. And some people have, you know, I've asked for some help. People have given me advice on that. And it, it, I don't know, I just can't quite get that. And so, like, I'm kind of stuck at that initial thing. Once I get the puddle, like, I can actually lay a super ugly but strong bead, <laughs> you know, from that thing. It's just getting that initial start is is difficult. So I'm still kind of at that place. But I think the intentionally practicing a certain part of it on scrap has been helpful. Um, and I don't know how people most uh, most people practice TIG welding, but that's the thing that I've been doing. Have you been trying to... If I got a TIG weld, I, I learned this from somebody somewhere, where you got to kind of blast through and get the puddle and then back off the pedal. It's difficult, though, obviously, because sometimes you can't tell it's puddled because that layer on top doesn't, yeah. doesn't change visible shape. And then all of a sudden yeah. you realize it's puddling and the whole crusty surface hasn't broken. So you've literally penetrated through and made a puddle, but you can't see it because it's got a flat, crusty layer on top. And then all of a sudden... I think that may be 
That may be part of it, yeah. Yeah. So you got to kind of do there. You just got to be conscious and like begin to know, okay, and like maybe poke at the puddle with the rod and see if the rod melts. You get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The welder melts the metal and the puddle melts the rod. And that's that's how you got to remember it. I think one problem that I'm having is even, um, so you're using the torch to melt the puddle. And then the the heat in between the puddle and the tip of the torch, that little block of arc. Mm-hmm. If I go to put the rod in the puddle, it's almost like I have to go through that arc to get to the puddle. You really got to back and off then, a little bit. You got to tap it right in front of it because you run the risk of contaminating the, the. I think that's what I end up doing more often than not. It's like I'm I I just don't have the placement of where the rod goes. I typically yet. like, I, and I'm no expert, but I can make a successful weld that just doesn't look right. You, I start my arc, I start my puddle, and then I back off just a touch. I almost like have one replace the other, and then I move okay, forward, so and then I back off, yeah. and you know, so I'm always like pulling one just slightly back. It's probably not. You know, someone's going to yell at me right now, but I'm willing <laughs> to accept that because I'm still learning too. But that's what I've you know been able to you develop the confidence to be able to dab the puddle right close to the arc but you, you don't want i don't think you want to go through it because you run the risk of contaminating yeah. the the tungsten yeah and, well and the the rod itself just dissolves like if you try to go through the arc to get to the puddle it yeah. just goes away that's why you gotta and, you gotta make sure you gotta be confident that the puddle is gonna melt the tip of the rod and then you're, you're basically creating that that heat environment too yeah I'm still wrestling with the whole the whole thing, um, but it is beginning to improve, and I have the second of three feet just about welded together, which has also led me down the path of, all right, so I've got this aluminum welded thing, tons of big, fat, gross beads that need to be ground down, and I don't know if anybody knows this who hasn't ground aluminum, but it doesn't grind well. It's such a soft metal that you use a flat disc on it, it gets all mushy, like gum, gets on the flap disc and then hardens or cools or whatever and then becomes this like aluminum yeah, little... Yeah, you got to take <laughs> gentle passes. Take, and then yeah. there are there are discs that are designed to not do that for aluminum. You just got to so look for them. That's what I ended up ordering some... I, I did some research and found some discs that are specifically for, you know, non-ferrous... Um, that type of stuff. I don't know if, if they're specifically aluminum, but they're for that type of metal. And so those are, those should be in today. And I'm interested to see how much of a help that is because like I have no shame in welding big, fat, ugly, overly large welds as long as I can clean them off to get my final result. Like I don't care about that. That's fine. But doing that and then trying to use a regular flap disc on it, you're like, nope, <laughs> just doesn't doesn't work it won't get that it clogs the discs up and it just continues to heat the whole thing up and it's not good so i've got some of those on the way we'll see how they how they come out um let's see what else am i doing you might want to practice too uh using heat sinks you might i mean i don't know if that'll help but maybe like if you if you put the aluminum on top of other pieces of aluminum you know to kind of hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. You'd have to experiment yeah. a little bit. Like, like for instance, when I welded, I'm looking for my Leatherman. I don't have it nearby. But when I welded clips on my Leatherman, I put heat sinks inside so that the thin metal wouldn't just immediately melt away. So the heat is getting all sucked into everything. And so that I could focus the heat a little bit. You know, like the heat's getting sucked away from where I don't want it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Just like you would use a there heat was sink a- for soldering. Same thing. One of um, Jody's from Welding Tips and Tricks, one of his videos talked about the, uh, I can't remember the name of the setting now, but it was interesting hearing him talking about the one of the frequency settings, and I can't remember which one, somebody will tell me, um, where the frequency of the wave kind of defines like how, how focused the heat is. And he did a really good job of showing whatever the example was of how you can, if you need to make a really small heated area, you can change the frequency of the welder and it will focus the heat in a small area versus if you have like an inside corner that you're trying to do, you need to spread it out a little bit so that you actually get both sides of the corner to heat. And that was a pretty big thing for me just because it was somebody explaining this one setting on the welder 
that's what this does. Like, it's for this purpose. It's not like, here's the settings you need to set your welder at. Because I don't know what pulse frequency this and that AC max this. And I don't know what those things are. But he did a really good job in this one of saying, like, the frequency here changes the field of heat, essentially. It's the it's the arc, but that causes the heat. And uh, so there's been a couple of things like that that have been really helpful. It just feels like a lot of information to try to put together, you know, you know like try to remember in the moment, like to do the hand motion like you were just talking about. Yeah. Make sure you have the the thing sticking out, the tip sticking out enough. Like anything, too much, like you know, anything the, you, you fiddle know. with this for a couple of months. And then all of a sudden you're on another level. You don't even realize what you've learned. You don't even realize that you've gotten there. And you look back and then you start talking to somebody who knows everything. And then you're like, you could get through that conversation. without feeling like a complete moron. And then suddenly (laughs) you're like, wow, like just fiddling, tinkering, playing. I've been able to accumulate this basis of experience, which now I'm going to build my rest of my experience on. And something happens when you take a break. For in my experience, like if I'm trying to learn how to play guitar faster, I'll do hand exercises, and I I'm not a I I'm terrible at soloing, improvising. I'm just absolutely terrible at that. So I've been trying to get better, and so I've been doing these hand exercises, and I'll and I'll I'll just sit there and I'll do them. I'm like ah, and it's not it's i have to go slow i have to slow down it's not working and then i'll take two days off and i come back two days later all of a sudden something happened during that break where i can do it a little bit better so for me a lot of times just taking a break and then coming back helps i don't know what happens in 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 that downtime but it definitely helps me interesting yeah i guess that has kind of been the case with the welding stuff because i i hadn't really thought about that but i haven't been doing it every day i do it like mainly on the weekends because it's the time that I can set aside, be undistracted, you know, to just like kind of practice it. Huh. I wonder if there's a name for that, <laughs> taking a break, like if there's a word for that, right. you know, thing. Anyway. I've experienced uh, that as well, like taking a, break, taking a break from something you've been playing with a lot and then suddenly you go away from it and you come back and you're like, you seem like you got a little better grasp of it. Hmm. I learned recently, I've been learning the... Uh, the fourth axis on the shop bot. They sent me a fourth axis to play with and learning the software and working through Aspire, getting the thing. And again, it was one of those things I talked about last week where like, you think there's going to be this giant chunk of learning that you have to go through. And there are a lot of nuances, which only comes from, Oh, I broke the bit. I shouldn't do that again. You know, a lot of learning comes from that, but jumping in, I had obviously some instruction from Brian over at shop bot and he was great. He's so patient and we did it all through zoom and it worked great. And uh, also having experience to begin with, like when he gives me just a quick instruction and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That works great. But based on what I already know from tinkering, he can give me a simple instruction, which is all brand new information, but I can just stick it on what I already know. And then all of a sudden it's clear to me and it just comes from tinkering and playing. So that's it. So it wasn't a big cool. chunk of learning that I thought it was going to be. I, I need I, I, what I need is a good, interesting project to really sink my teeth into. To because I'm just dilly dallying, playing with like fusion sketches that I just made up. You know, and but when I have like a real thing, that's when I can really dial and focus. Yeah, like you have more incentive when yeah. you have like a real thing to. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. Well, uh, anybody got anything cool coming up this week? Like in the middle of anything cool right now? Hmm. I'm thinking what I can After say. This. I'm thinking what I can say, what I can't say. Oh. <laughs> I have a meeting. It's so funny. I have a meeting today. Is today Wednesday? I have a meeting today. And it's funny. I mean, it's everybody for the last. I have no idea where this is going to go. I'll say it. It doesn't matter because I have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm not going to set any expectations. Since the beginning of time, everybody thought I had a sponsorship with Leatherman. And I never did. Never, ever, ever did. I've only ever worked independently from them because I like their tools. And today, out of nowhere, yesterday, they said, can we have a meeting with you about future plans? I'm like, me? You know I don't work there, right? You know, so like I am like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was very it was a very nice email. It's like, hey, do you have would you have time to chat tomorrow? We have a couple of ideas we want to pass by you. So today I have a meeting with Leatherman. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they want me to just test drive a tool that they're making or whatever. But 
I'm, I'm happy about that. So it's just, it, it it's, it's funny where if you just stick with something, I, I mean, I've always wanted to work with them, but they never respond to anything. So I just, you know, gave up trying a few years ago. And now I don't know where they started following me on Instagram a few months ago. And then whatever, obviously someone's talking about me. I think Laura probably has, has hip them to me on a, on a more aware basis. I'm sure they knew who I was, but because I've had little interactions through comment sections, but nothing that ever turned into anything. Anyway, here we are, and I have a meeting with them today, so I'm excited to see what it is they, they want to play with. Because uh, in the email, is like, I really love the Witchblade series you did, which is me innovating on their tool. Hmm. So, yeah. Which, by the way, I, have you guys seen Jocko's uh, innovation thing? Jocko's innovation video? It's in my list, but I haven't watched oh, it Oh, you guys have I'm to so watch behind. it. Because Jocko encourages his fans and people to innovate which i thought was a great it's a great motivation to innovate and he picks the coat hanger as a subject to innovate on something so simple that's been thought through hundreds of thousands of times take a coat hanger and innovate on it and see what you can come up with and you know share the ideas or whatever and so i've been coming up with a couple of ideas me and taylor have been because we happen to watch the video hmm. together one night recently and together we started thinking of it i'm like does this exist? Because she knows more about coat hangers than I do because I don't use them. And she's like, no, 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 they make that already. And I was like, does this, does this exist? She's like, yeah, they make that already. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, what about this? She goes, no, they make that already. And so it's not <laughs> it's not an easy one. It's like Jacko yeah. said in the video, take something super simple and then try and innovate on that. And so I hope I'm you looking forward, make something. I'm looking, I was just saying, I'm looking it- forward to innovating with, with, oh. with Leatherman if that's what they want from me. But Dave, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I hope you make a this this coat hanger and then you send it to Jocko and he's like, That's I like it, but can you <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> it's nice, but can we do it like this? that is really exciting. I associate Leatherman with you. I mean, I bought mine because of of you, and I'm sure oh, lots of people have bought theirs because of you. So you unofficially have been a spokesperson for them for a while. So yeah. I hope it turns out into something cool. I personally would love to see uh, a Jimmy DeResta version of one, like a special oh. branded. I would love that because I just got oh. an email, I think, yesterday from Jimmy DeResta about some products that are coming out yeah 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 the clothes the clothes are now available in the store but like i haven't really pushed it pushed it we're actually selling we sold quite a few pairs that's great the pants are available as of last night there's been so much behind the scenes stuff going on and you know it's it's a huge investment and obviously time and money and you know in some ways i regret even pulling the trigger on it because it's just it's one of those things where if i step through this door I have so much work to do, whereas if I don't have to step through the door, mm. I don't have a lot of work to do. I could do more fun work. And it's there's people in place to do the hard, complicated stuff, but still everything has to be like, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And what if we do this? And it's information overload for me personally, but I have a good team and they're doing really good work behind the scenes. And we are tweaking the purchasing page a little bit before I do the big push. So we put it out there, we got some complaints and they're, they're tweaking it. and it's like Bob, I was thinking about when you were saying how when you do coding and stuff and you show people and they're like, eh. there's been a lot of that. It's like it, it goes, it went public late last night and then right away people are like, I don't really understand this. And so I sent my complaints that I got to the guys and then everyone's working late last night to fix some of it. And whatever, it's growing pains and we're working within a limited budget. So I am the model. I look like a, a doofus in the pictures, but it was like oh let's just take pictures of you wearing the clothes and then all of a sudden it's like there's no time for models you're the pictures i'm like oh i don't want to take pictures look like a mannequin i don't want to do this so (laughs) anyway we'll see where it goes and uh we have some really good support from kudora it's a company that manufactures thread they're like 3m but for clothes and kudora makes clothes for they make fabrics and they make thread they make thread and and what goes into fabric they make that for carhartt and many other companies and they're going to be their support team behind the scenes right now so thank you to them i'm sure they never listen to this but that's why you'll see that brand mentioned a few times because they're kind of like our 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 support and i don't know how else to put it right now but 
they've been they're going to be a big support for us going forward. So we'll see where it goes. Hmm. See where it goes. Cool. But you know, it's like I keep reminding myself, as, as treacherous as this is, and as you know, how many doors it opens up with people asking questions, and I'm sure everyone's going to get them, and there's going to be a few people being like, I don't really like the way these fit. You know, it's just you just can't please everybody. I, I think of these growing pains, and I think to myself. It's just part of growing. Like I know, for instance, when Jocko did the knife, he had a lot of people that, you know, complained. I sit with him and people complained to him about the knife when we went to shows. And uh, you, you gotta, you, to grow, you know, to grow as a brand or as a designer or as a person, you gotta put yourself out there. You know, you gotta work with people that have their vision over your vision. You know, you gotta do these things. You gotta put your products out there and, you know, expect scrutiny. You gotta, you know, the it's... It's the growing pains of being an artist or being anything, you know, no matter what, no matter what it is, whatever it is you do. I mean, unless you just take a simple cashier job and you don't want to participate too difficultly in, you know, being a creative, everything comes with complications and just, you know, being willing to stand up, take those challenges and handle them. And, and that's how you grow and that's how you develop a thick skin and that's how you develop the ability to, to handle people consciously and and you know be 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 honest with them and say hey you know i i did the best i could in this if however i can help to please you let's try and make that happen and you know you're going to deal with those people that immediately think you're scamming them you know no matter what you do <laughs> it's always going to be like, and then i'm like oh, okay well here's your money back oh okay well i still want to be mad but i don't know i don't really have any reason to be mad right now you know there's, there's a lot of that <laughs> That's how when I we, when I did interior custom stuff when I dealt with somebody that was like completely like upset because the vision wasn't met, I just go, "Here's your money back. You can keep whatever I built." <gasps> okay, okay. Because <laughs> they they want to fight. They want to fight. They want to fight for their money. And I'm like, I just yeah. did pop their balloon, and they're like, oh, "Okay, all right. All right. You sure you don't want it back? Because well, I guess I'll keep it." I had a conversation very similar to that with my kids yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. About just walking away and it really catching people off guard. Yeah. You always have that option in the negotiation. It's just to give them their money back and walk away. But no, anyway, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of publicly convincing myself that, you know, this is a, this is a big step doing this and it's, yeah, it's, it's very stressful. And I, I just have to convince myself that, you know, this is just growing pains. Soon enough, this I'm going to license this whole program now to some company that manufactures clothes under several different private labels, and then all I have to do is just say, "Oh, that looks cool. Yeah, I like that." And then I don't have to actually physically do the work. So I'm waiting for that moment. Oh, that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. It's a Kickstarter licensing program that I could work with a company like, for instance, like Carhartt. It's you know we've only ever had conversations. Nothing turned into any kind of promissory deal, but. I've talked to them about them, you know, maybe taking this and making a small line. And, you know, there's other brands too, which aren't obviously pop, uh, you know, like big brands that people know. Would you be interested in taking this and doing, eh, maybe let's see where it goes, you know? So I have to expose myself before they all go, oh, okay. So it is something. Yeah. Potentially be something. And, and you have to prove it. And yeah. to do that, you have to kind of put some of your time and your, you know, yourself on the line mm-hmm. you got to be exposed so that it can be proved proven publicly i think for a company like that to be interested yeah that's cool man that's exciting so, it'll be interesting stuff. next week to talk about what the first week of actual sales has been mm-hmm. like or the process not well uh, we made me and my business partners on this we basically made the agreement that we're going to sell 200 pants and 50 jackets hmm. and I think and in, cap it at that, or is that a that's goal? That's it. That, no, that's cap. That's cap. I mean, you know, hopefully we've got, oh. we, but, but that's because the amount of fabric we purchased and the amount of time to make that, you know, it's in shipping within a reasonable amount of time. So that was like, that was what we're going to do. And uh, we're in one day, we're already at least a quarter of both of those. We're a quarter of wow. jeans and we're at one quarter in just one day. So we did, my web team did a really good job of putting out a mailer, which is why, Dave, you mentioned you got the mailer, you know, collecting email addresses and talking about it and saying, if you're interested when this is available, let us know, click here and sign up for the prompt. And the prompt has brought us that. And I haven't really talked about it yet because we're waiting for the web page to be corrected and, and modified so it's a little bit more easier. Are you going to come out I think it would be a, 
I think it would, it would be a fun video if you did a tutorial on how to hem you, the, the pants. Because mm -hmm. don't they all come in one length? Is that correct? We're doing one length right now. Yeah. yeah. 30, so 34 it, inch. For me, I think it would be super cool to buy the the jeans and then there's a video jimmy showing somebody how to sew or hem them and for somebody who has no experience with that and uh, it would sell you more you do what i did also... when we were kids so you go to the first day of school and you borrow the teacher's stapler and you hem them up and you stay <laughs> line around the bottom that's what we used to do <laughs> that's the easy way yeah yeah so that's cool. it you know like i said i'm feeling a little exposed and a little vulnerable but you know, this is just growing pains. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and do our recommendations. I'm really anxious to hear your secret thing in the after show. Um, <laughs> we've already talked about Patreon supporters. Again, if you want to join that crew, go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out. That would be awesome. Um, I'll go ahead and say my pick for this week because I've got one. You guys know Tyler Bell. Sure. Right? Yeah. Tyler Bell um, makes some really cool kind of crazy stuff but he's very thoughtful about the things that he makes he thinks through things um has some really creative ideas well the other day he he took our fusion 360 class and he already had fusion experience but he took the class and has gotten a whole lot out of it and so he's been posting on instagram his um this foot vice that he's building and he's been posting the fusion models and talking about how the course helped in different parts of it. But just seeing the model, the moving parts of the foot vise and how he's planning on getting it manufactured and all this stuff is really cool. Um, so I just want to kind of give him a shout out both for taking the course, which is awesome, but also just because he's making a really cool thing. He typically makes really cool things. So go check out Tyler Bell. What you got? Um, crap! I lost my my browser window. There is a documentary on Amazon about sound design for film, and I have totally lost it here. Here it is. It's called Making Waves. Um, it's a really it's a really good documentary. You're not gonna. I don't. I don't think you're gonna learn any techniques but you're going to really appreciate what goes into the sound design as far as like just recording dialogue uh sometimes dialogue has to be re-recorded and then adding music uh adding sound effects fully it was just it's i i knew that there was a lot going into it and i know for youtube sound is a huge part of what makes a video appear to be good but after watching this i'm like this is these people are geniuses so it is called making waves hmm. yeah i've always loved watching the sound design stuff mm -hmm. um around movies it's it's just so cool to see how people make foley and build up these things that you just kind of like you hear but you don't really think about how many like thousands of layers of stuff go together to make this like one little thing that you hear in a moment do you guys uh you guys want to hear something funny i told about I talked about this but not everybody knows everything all the time so <clears throat> i uh, <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> no well you do one announcement on like a podcast or something and you think everybody's heard it obviously just those people yeah. listening at that moment heard it. there was a, a few months ago maybe almost a year ago i made a yeah it's been a while i made a, a stand for a a, a band so a big one of my big giant bands was a rolling stand and in that video i started a fire and i panicked and i knocked my camera over and i put the fire out nobody got hurt but what i didn't know is that my camera jack broke the, the microphone so i kept on filming and for the next like two hours worth of footage i had no audio but i had beautiful video and so while i'm in the sitting here editing i had to make all the fake sounds i picked up what i could <laughs> from earlier in the edit but then i had like there was there was like sounds of me like grabbing stuff like out of like a metal so i went to my i went to my 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 drawer where i have so, uh, forks and knives and i jiggled that and i got that sound and i sped it up and it started to sound and then i couldn't figure out what would make a good drill sound like zzz, and fast forward so i just made it with my mouth so i go <laughs> and then you speed it up and then it sounds like a mechanical drill so That's it's hilarious. the video the video where I make a metal stand for a big giant bandsaw bass at a it's for it was for a Lincoln it was a red metal giant bandsaw bass. Anyway, like about 
halfway through that video, all the mechanical sounds in the shop are all like either my mouth or like things in the kitchen jiggling around. That's awesome. I had to do it like on the spot. <laughs> So in addition to that video, I'm also going to throw in a second recommendation, which I just remembered is there's a Vanity Fair video all about mixing sound for the movie Ford versus Ferrari. And you'll also get a great appreciation for that because these they they needed to get the sound of the of the cars. So even before shooting the movie, they went and found a couple people who own these cars and they recorded the cars from all different angles and different scenarios. And then they take that into this, the big sound mixing room and it's, it's, it's so much work. And when you, when they remove some of the effects and some of the sounds, you're like, it just, it's weird because it just feels like something's missing. And I don't know. It just, it's really cool. And, and, uh, I'll let you guys go look for it. Peter McKinnon also, sometime within the last year, did a sound design tutorial on his YouTube channel and how much effort he puts into it. And you can, you can, that's it. That's all I got to say. I just, something I did not know much about, uh, I have a great appreciation for now after watching these people. Hmm. Cool. Uh, This weekend was the, the Bar Z event, and that's a, an event for YouTube machinists. And it happens at uh, Stan Zinkowski's house out in, in uh, uh, Ontario, California. I went there two years ago. Last year, I had double booked myself, so I couldn't go. And then this year, obviously, they did it virtual, and it went really well. I did an interview with Dale from Metal Tips and Tricks. So go to Stan's channel. I have to dig it up because he's, the name of his channel is not the name of his uh, his life. It's got a weird channel. So I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Bob, uh, but look at the Bar Z event, and it's like it was like it's like a twelve-hour live stream, and then you could zip through it and see different interviews. There's an interview with me. There's an interview with with this old Tony, and then there's some interviews. Uh, they they actually had the event, but it was obviously much smaller for local people. So uh, it ended up uh, it was it was a nice event, and they they did it all day long. It's for mostly everybody on YouTube that's a machinist. It's typically a machinist thing. It's called the Bar Z event, and so check that out. So, Bar Z, like just B A R S Z, Bar Z. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know why that name. This name is kind of awkward. But huh. Just cool. Well, we will put it in there. Um, you guys got anything else? I want to go hear his secret stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks for hanging out, and uh, catch you next time. Thank you. Love you. Oh, I found that I'm going to send you now.